You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. WGT is the most popular golf game in the world, plus they are the official gaming partner of DNVR. The DNVR community has had so much fun playing WGT that we've had to open a third clubhouse. Each clubhouse holds 250 people. So if you don't want to feel left out anymore, you can download WGT Golf and join the DNVR 3 clubhouse by going to dnvrgolf.com today. Nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsay breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landeskog. He has done it again. Vaughn Miller, ladies and gentlemen. Dom two hands. Nikola Jokic. Save me by Grubauer with the left pad. Oh, goodness gracious me. Take a good luck. You won't see it for long. Two-run home run. Trevor Story. Lock. End zone. Touchdown. Podcast presented by Breckenridge I'm your host, Allie Monroy, and with me today, I've got Drew Creaseman, Adam Mardes, Nathan Rudolph, and Ryan Konigsberg. Nailed it. Nailed it. I pointed to you two, and then I was like, I don't want to get confused. Guys, the Denver Nuggets play game one of the Western Conference Finals today. Down 3-1, back-to-back series, and they did it. How's everyone feeling? Back to nervous. <laughs> the excitement of Game Seven and all those good feelings have like worn off, and now it's like, oh god, we got the Lakers. My least favorite entity in the world. Ryan, how are the you Lakers, feeling? Lakers number one, ISIS number two for you, Adam. <laughs> oh my god! Wow! Wow! Uh, you know what? Honestly, nothing but an elimination game even raises my BPM 1% right now. Uh, I'm as calm, cool, and collected as I've ever been as a Nuggets fan. Uh, and it feels it feels good. And you know what? Uh, as a sports fan, I, uh, I like pain. Uh, I've, <laughs> okay. I've been a sports fan for too long to not learn to love pain. 
So I, I like to get my hopes as high as possible. And if, if the highs are just as high and if the lows are lower, it makes me feel more alive. So uh, I'm, I'm putting all of everything I can put into the Nuggets winning this year. On that point, though, Ryan, there's like, it doesn't take any effort or backbone or anything to be a cynic in life, and especially in sports where it doesn't really matter. Like, this is the easiest arena to like try out certain values. Being the, the like Debbie Downer about everything, that's the easiest thing you can do in life. So I, I applaud you, sir, for getting your hopes up every time, even when you know the odds of getting crushed are very high. <laughs> except for this time. Well, except for this time, baby. I have- I have zero faith in this series oh, to take okay. the other side of this argument, but but I will say, what a perfect way to give the Colorado sports fan exactly what they needed. After the abs failed to get the job done, the Nuggets somehow managed to pull it out, and everyone's a lot happier this week, I think. Oh, sure. yeah. Drew, how are you feeling? Uh. <laughs> are you nervous as well? Yeah, like, I don't like playing the Lakers, man. Like, it's never real. Like, you're not, like, and and I know there was, like, a whole, like, era of NBA that I largely missed where, you know, the Lakers weren't this dominant force. It was these other couple of teams. And, you know, but the last time, of course, I was hardcore into watching the Nuggets. Like, it didn't matter until you beat the Lakers. And they never beat the Lakers. And no. so now we're, we're back here again. And so I've, I, I have a hard time attaching myself to the long build of the success that's been coming for these Denver nuggets that our guys have seen, you know, for a while and, and really detailed. And I'm more just one of those people out there. That's like, yeah, but it's the Lakers nuggets. Can't beat the Lakers. Like it doesn't matter. Eighties, two thousands doesn't matter can't beat the Lakers and and I'm just frightened that uh, of of having jumped back into this emotionally with this team now uh that the Lakers are going to do this thing to me again someone go help Drew he's been around the Rockets for too long <laughs> no, like, okay. no. Oh, oh no no can I say this though Because I I do want to say this one thing about the Lakers versus Nuggets, because there are a handful of true Lakers fans, you know, lived in L.A., generation or whatever this. But there's also an enormous army of what I call people that like root for the stormtroopers. You know, it's like this is really what it is, is you've got the like rebellion, the little tiny like had to do every single step the right way. Then you have this giant entity. And we get this and we were talking about this before we came live. There's like all these people in the mentions for random stuff we just throw on facebook or whatever it's not even talking about the lakers in any capacity they're just like oh you better get ready for this i just think like what is what are you doing like what is sports to you what is your experience in sports is this it because this is really lame don't get the bandwagon fans that jump onto the championship perennial contender team my entire life whenever i've been a bandwagon jumper i've always been like all right underdog every single time forget that team that wins every other year that team sucks forever now a hundred percent i mean bandwagon is really interesting what those people are missing is that the build-up the uh the 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 valleys that lead to the peaks make the peaks like one million times sweeter Uh, like you know when i think back on my favorite memories as a sports fan uh we were going over this the other day like favorite moments like most most meaningful things it's uh rocktober 
it's the Bucks and Rise season. Of course. And it's this. It's this Nuggets run. Like you have to you have to hit the valleys to, to truly appreciate the peaks. If you're just riding from bandwagon to bandwagon, or even like if you just hopped on the Lakers or any of these those teams, you're completely missing the greatest part of sports. It's the oh, difference between sentiment and emotion. Like we are emotional sports fans, meaning that these things were earned through actual feelings or whatever. Sentiment is wanting the payoff of an emotion without the actual the work or, or or the pain or whatever that it is that goes into it. And I think there's a lot of fans that latch on, you know, don't pay attention all the time. Then, okay, this team's in, this is where I'm at. And then they're like, oh, this feels so good. This is what sports are all about. No, you, it's actually not. You don't, you don't actually know what it's about because you're sentimental. You're not actually emotional. Yeah. Maybe now that we're like psycho, now I'm psychoanalyzing myself and wondering if the reason <laughs> why I like pain as a sports fan is because I know that one day that pain Will make the the um, the payoff that much better. Thousand percent. I'm at the bar, so there's a lot of background noise. Um, I think I can relate to this with just trying to get into the Premier League this year. It's just so different when you're just like given it. You're stuck with the team. You go through the highs. It doesn't matter if they're a winning team or not. That's just your team. You grew up in Denver or you've lived in Colorado your whole life or a good amount of time, and you've adapted to these teams. And you go through it all choosing a premier league team. So many people are like, go for Liverpool, go for Liverpool. And they've won like every single game. Like that's not, that's not what being a sports fan's all about, especially as a painful Philadelphia fan from my whole life. <laughs> like you go through all of those hard times. Cause when you do finally win, that's like what makes it so sweet. Like Ryan was saying, is, is there any fear there though, that the team never gets over the hump? I mean, of Nuggets course. have never won a championship. Oh, yeah. it's, uh, it hangs over everything. Of course, that's yeah. exactly the fear. I mean, and, and let's, let's, let's call it like it is. It's in probably a likelihood. I mean, the Nuggets are as close as they've ever been. Seriously, this is as close as they've ever been. Two more wins. They've gotten to game six of a Western Conference Finals. That So technically, they're just shy of that. But yes, it's, it's extremely real. But you know, to the point you were talking about, RK, all the great music in life was written about pain and suffering. This is where the great art pieces of art come from. They don't come from like, oh, you know, it was easy and then uh, it was handed and then no, it's all about the the struggle and oftentimes about the failure. Yep, absolutely. And uh, now we get to see the, the the artist Nikola Jokic paint a masterpiece. Ready for it. Before we move on to this series this year. The last time the Nuggets made it to the Western Conference Finals was in 2009, like Drew was saying, against the Lakers. Does anyone have some good memories that they want to talk about from their, those first few games? Denver nope. won game two and game four. No good memories from game two or game four? Wow. Is that – it's I, honestly, Drew, I want to hear this. Are you – is that solely a bad memory for you? Because to me, it's like a great one. I, I have a very, very – very difficult time remembering that series with any kind of of fondness i there there are so many what ifs and in every positive i can point to all i see is like and that got wasted and that really should have led to like the denver nuggets should have swept that series they should have beaten <laughs> the lakers in four games they outplayed them in the first yeah. four first four yeah of that series their star played better than the lakers star like it, it was absolutely, absolutely gut wrenching to me that they lost that series in the fashion that they did, and and so like 
yeah, there are certain things that I can I can point to and remember, like how great Carmelo was in the first couple of games in L.A. And, you know, but no, I just always come back to the two inbounds passes and the horrible officiating in game five. And I and I just can't. And I and I die yeah. a little bit inside every single time. <laughs> Man, I have I have really fond memories of uh, of Carmelo and Kobe just like going Me at too. it. Yeah. Um, like, like they, it was just so they were both like gritting their teeth and just and Melo was trying to post them up and they're just banging down there and that was awesome. But uh, also fondly remember Lennis Claza going off like out of nowhere, having a huge game at one point. Um, but it, you know, it is the the more pre- the the more present memories are definitely you know the inbounds passes and that sort of thing. Do you guys remember that scene in The Fighter? Do you remember that movie with um, Christian Bale? And he's like recalling the chance he had at the fight, the big fight. And then it cuts to him like smoking crack. And like, it's like the real, like depressing, like back. This is how I felt as a Nuggets fan for like eight years where it's like, guys, we were right there. We could have won the series and we were right even with them and this or that. And then it's like smash cut to the Nuggets with 20 wins and like just a horrible team. And you're like, all right, this is us now. So anyway, I have very positive memories of that being <laughs> off very, very close because I contrast them to so many painful memories that bridge the gap between then and now. I think the hardest part. No, no, go, go ahead, Allie. I was just going to say the hardest part about that was knowing that if they get through the Lakers and they should have gotten through the Lakers, I think we agree on, uh, then they probably do have an NBA title right now. Um, and that that is why, going back to Rudo's main question, I'm not that worried that I'm going to die without the Nuggets having ever won a championship or in my lifetime the Buffs winning a national championship. It's just I think that eventually everyone gets their time and, you know, over the course of many, many years, I think it'll happen. And I think, I think, you know, we're not that far away from this being the Nuggets time. I mean, especially with the young core that they have and the guys that are out there. And I know it's hard to keep a basketball team together. And I think that's been a big conversation recently with, okay, if the Nuggets don't win this, can they keep this team together and fight again? But they just have such potential. And I think we've talked about this in so many other the Denver sports podcasts about all all Denver teams having so much of that young star potential to continue to bring championships for the next decade to the I'm, city. I'm completely uninterested in the word, word potential right now because that's about the future. Uh, and this is about the present. And I and Living I in the now, baby. You know, I remember going back to that Nuggets-Lakers series in 09, and, like, I was legitimately scared of Kobe. Like, I was like, this guy, is just, I, there's nothing you can do. I don't feel that way about LeBron. I don't I don't think – I don't feel that, that there's just nothing you can do. Uh, there are times there will be moments where there's nothing you can do. But <laughs> Adam is just shaking his head. I'm not as scared uh, of LeBron as I was of Kobe back then. What do you think of that, Adam? <laughs> I mean, okay. You're shaking your head. I mean, how, how RK feels about it is probably not important to how the series is going to go. I feel very <laughs> concerned about him. Um, you know, Kobe was kind of at the height of his powers in 2010, a little bit at the tail end, but still, like, he hadn't really lost anything. LeBron, you know, maybe has, maybe hasn't, but maybe has, you know, and so he's hopefully going to be tested in the mm-hmm. series. And then, as we saw with the Clippers, sometimes guys. I never thought Kawhi Leonard would fold under pressure. I just never thought that would happen because he's a two-times finals MVP, including last season, 
yeah. where he had a game winner in a game seven uh, at the buzzer. And you think, okay, this guy's not going to get got. And then Denver got him. And so sometimes I, I would be more surprised if Denver sort of had that effect on LeBron. Um, but at the same time, I just, I gave that the odds of, I thought Denver could beat the Clippers. I thought it'd be really, really tough, but the odds of them beating them in part because Kawhi Leonard just got shut down. I, I didn't see that happening. So anything's possible. Real, real quick, just to go to clarify my take, like when you think of Kobe back in the day, at least my feeling was back then. And, you know, I was like 17 years old or something, but like the only way that you stop Kobe is Kobe's just off that night. I don't do you do you think that that is true of LeBron? I mean 100%. Here's here's what I think is that really changed over this. And it's in for in ways better and worse is I think we've started analyzing the game just differently. You know, we've talked about efficiency, we've looked at advanced numbers and this or that. And for some people, and I think for you know, Drew and I have talked about this, some of that maybe robs the joy of the game because there is this feeling of I don't know anything about advanced stats. I don't know anything about metrics. I just know if Kobe has the ball on the on the elbow, I feel like he's going to make it every single time. With LeBron, maybe you don't feel that specific yes. type of fear, but all the other stuff he does, some of it maybe more subtle, some of it maybe more abstract or whatever, you know, it still has its impact. And I think Jokic, by the way, is the same way. People have been, been telling people Jokic is this incredible player for so long. It wasn't until two days ago that people caught up and were like, wow, this guy's kind of good. Where has he been oh, yeah. this whole time? And it's like, what do you mean? This is the guy we've all been seeing. And they're like, well, I didn't know he could go toe-to-toe with this caliber player. The numbers bared it out. I think the people that watch closely, you know, some of the subtleties bared it out. But it, sometimes it's not until you see it on that stage that people finally go, oh, yeah, because what they think of is, can he hit an elbow jumper? That's actually not that valuable. I mean, it's valuable, but not the most valuable thing. Yeah, no, I right. It's that feeling, which is just like he has it, he's gonna score, and it just I don't right. quite have that about LeBron. It's not disrespectful to LeBron. He's one of the greatest of all time. It's just it's not the like oh god, there's just if he has it, it's going in, and you you just you gotta hope you uh you catch him on an off night that night. Ryan doesn't want the trolls to come out. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. to come up against they're coming anyway. There's no yeah, there's them. no stopping it's them. True, but. Let's move on a little. Adam recorded a long show yesterday with the rest of the DNVR Nuggets crew, breaking down what they're expecting to see from this series. So definitely go check that out on YouTube, Periscope, um, or Facebook. But Adam, give us a little snippet of what you guys talked about. On the preview show? Previewing yes. the series? Yes. Uh, I mean, Denver's underdogs. Vegas has them as 5-1 to one underdogs in this series, which is about what they had them in against the Clippers. So um, it's certainly possible, but I think you know, a lot of people view this as a, a pretty heavy mismatch. I think what's tough about this one from Denver's perspective, Jokic is their best player. Jamal, their second best player. Jokic is going up against a guy in Anthony Davis and not just him, but also, you know, Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, a lot of length and size and girth and athleticism. So they have multiple guys to throw at him. So they are sort sort of tailor made to slow him down and make him less than himself. Maybe completely shut him down. I don't think so, but certainly make him, to expect him to have his best series of his career is going to be really tough because they have the best defensive players to guard him. So that means, okay, now Jamal Murray has to sort of elevate and carry the team as he did in round one. Uh, but now you have to say, okay, but he's going up against LeBron James. They also have great perimeter defenders. So if you can cancel out Jokic and AD, if that's a cancellation, then you have to have Murray outperform 
LeBron, this is a little reductive, but that's kind of what you're you're left with. As you, you as deeper you get into it, it's like, can you cancel out different parts of it? Who's left standing? Jamal Murray, LeBron James. I just think at this moment you have to give a pretty heavy edge to LeBron there. Yeah, I mean, when you reduce it down to that, it's <laughs> <laughs> you obviously give the the uh, the edge to LeBron. I think. Can we reduce it down to something else? Maybe <laughs> <laughs> not. Not. Well, talk about it, well we can like reduce, reduce it to something else because this is it is too reductive. It isn't that simple, and LeBron probably won't be guarding Murray. Murray won't be guarding LeBron, so it's not exactly like that. The other piece of this is that. The Nuggets, I was thinking about this, Drew. Melo's run to the Western Conference Finals came the second to last year, basically at the end of it. And I always wonder this. You know, the Nuggets missed out on the playoffs early on in, in this era. Um, and I and I and if they would have made it into the playoffs those years with similar records as the Melo like rookie and sophomore years, you know, 42 wins, they too probably would have gotten smacked in the playoffs. And I don't know if that was a would have been a good thing or bad thing. I think there's something too. Denver arrived in the playoffs at the right moment when they could win a yeah. series, move on. And now they're here for the second time, pushed to the limit. But with this momentum of like this, the sense of growing, and and I just feel like the Nuggets are a better team right now than they were three weeks ago. That's not that much time. Three weeks ago, the Nuggets are better now because they're on this stage in a moment when they are capable of growing exponentially. Yeah. And so I really wonder if there's something too. Right now, are the Nuggets good enough to beat the Lakers? I just don't think so. But in four games, probably not. But maybe we continue this sort of exponential growth curve where players make leaps this happened to lebron in 2007 he was a great player 2007 he's only 23 24 years old goes up against the pistons get pushed to his absolute limit and he comes out of that series an even better player and you know the rest is history i think you could talk yourself into a similar thing sort of happening with this young group for me there's a couple other things at stake here too uh one is what Nikola Jokic said about the clippers which is that all the pressure is on them uh and that very much the true, uh, the same is true of the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, all of the pressure is on them. The other thing here is I think that the Nuggets have been through hell, uh, two, three on deficits. No one that no one, only one other team in sports history has right. gone through that. Uh, no one in NBA history has ever gone through that. These guys have been forged in a way that no other and no other NBA team ever, ever has. Now, does that make them better than the Lakers all of a sudden? No, but I think it might give them a, a mental edge or a little advantage in certain areas that they could capitalize on. Uh, in the combination of a lack of pressure, which I really do believe they they feel little little pressure going into this with the bubble shooting and all that stuff. I think there's a chance that you could see the Nuggets. Uh, role players outplay the Lakers role players in this series. I mean, you even see it with their attitude. Jokic's comments after game seven was <laughs> or keys for next game or just to have fun and go ball out. They're really the way that they're acting is like, they really don't have that much pressure on them. And they're, no one thought that they were going to make it this far. They even said that no one wants us here, but we are here and we're just going to keep having fun and we're going to go out there and show the world what we can do. And I think that attitude is, is going to win them a few games with their play. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have nothing to lose. It's a total free roll for them. And I, I think that's absolutely key for if they go out in this conference finals and they get beat handily by the Lakers, no one cares. Everyone is still going to be extremely happy with the way the season went for the Nuggets. Yes, of course you want them to win. Of course you want them to do more. But given that they made it this far, it's it's a win-win for them, basically, at this point. 
They're the Cinderella team. So you're right that there's this, this is the, and this only one year, by the way, this only lasts one year. You only get the one year where you get to say, Hey man, we're just happy to be here. And the players won't say this, but fans say, we're just happy to be here or whatever. Next year it's, well, you, you got to get over the hump. The next hump is a championship, sure. right? We're at the, we're at the final false peak. So in one sense, Nuggets fans enjoy this because this is the last sort of pressure free season uh, but even the nuggets themselves i think sort of understand that and and the comments i hear from Jokic and all of this stuff to me it, i think they get it too i think they really are just like living in the moment and just hey let's experience this and see what happens and Drew, by the way, also- it does remind me of rocktober in that way because i think that there was something yeah. to the rockies kept getting hot and staying in a p- sort of a moment of belief with themselves that carried over until they had to take a 10-day off break and winter arrived yep the one, the one other thing I'll say about the fans enjoying this is the the higher you reach, the more diluted the fan base gets. Uh, and, like, the people who are true diehard Nuggets fans right now, uh, yeah, there's some people jumping in, and but they're just here for the ride. Then those people latch on and the expectations, and they're mad every time they don't win a regular season game. Like, right. this is, like, the purest form of of diehard Nuggets fans that will ever like be experiencing something like this together. And we get to see it at the bar here because Denver Nuggets fans come out and I've never seen a bar pop in for a Nuggets game like this bar, like full, like honestly, it's insane. They are freaking out about every call, chanting Gary Harris, like all of these. Some guy was after the game ended, was just yelling Paul Millsap's name. He was very <laughs> intoxicated. But still, like people are just having what a so great name much to fun right now. Yell. That is Paul the Millsap. name. Paul Millsap. There's this <laughs> I think they were on their show, their post game show, and they're like, what? It- is someone just yelling Paul Millsap? Like, so- what is happening right now? Fans get to enjoy it. And we do have to move on to the headline and the topic of the show. Um, but DraftKings Sportsbook is the best place to put your bets in for tonight. Do you guys have any bets you want to place that you have in your mind right now? First of all, um, Nuggets in six plus 1600 <laughs> on DraftKings. You think I'm joking. I'm not dead serious. Please, uh, please don't bet too much. <laughs> I mean, don't win too much. Yeah, exactly. The more you bet, the more you win. Oh, that's a risky. (laughs) Too much money on that. Uh, And I I actually haven't started looking at the props yet. Uh, But uh, I'll probably like uh, some props involving Jamal Murray. Adam, you said a secret, or Eric kept saying it, that uh, the guys didn't bring up on the bet show that we do. But you guys take uh, Jokic in rebounds? Is that is that the... In big games, it's the one thing you just – I mean, you, star players obviously always elevate their games when the pressure's on, but you can't always tell if you're going to make shots or miss shots or if they're going to double-team you so the assists go up or single coverage, the points go up. The only thing you can really know a player's going to bring it on is the rebounding. And if you just look at it, Jokic's all of his big games, 20 rebounds, 15 rebounds, 8 rebounds. So that's the secret. In elimination games, take the Jokic rebound number. There you go. You get these inside scoops on the Denver Sports Podcast. But download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Pick 
any team during week two um, of the NFL. Bet $1 on them and win $100. If they win, that's $1 to win $100 when you use the promo code DNVR during sign-up for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, of course, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, well, the headline of the show, and with the Nuggets headed to the Western Conference Finals for the first time in years, I've seen a lot of talk on Twitter about who is the face of Denver sports. And I've seen a lot of people say Jokic, but of course the Navs fans come in and are like, no way, how could you not think of Nathan McKinnon? And then before this last season, a lot of people could easily make the argument for Nolan Arenado, and I think people still can. We'll see what Drew says. And then, of course, Von Miller, we all know, was the face of Denver for a long time. Some fans are still saying it's him, but this is a big topic of conversation in Denver this week. So I want to pose that question to you guys and see what you all are thinking, what arguments or debates you might have. And Adam, I'm going to start with you. Who do you think is the face of Denver sports? So this question is the reason this is a great question is because it's so open-ended. It's just, how do you interpret this? Because mm -hmm. to me, this is more of a, how the face of is something that others are seeing, not necessarily what is looking out. It's what is being seen. So wow, that if, is if, deep. <laughs> so if I interpret <laughs> it that way, what does the city of Denver see? What they see is a Denver Broncos face. And at the moment, I guess it's Drew Locke. I think Drew Locke oh is the God. quarterback. So it's, you know, Von Miller's out. Like that's the, that's the thing is he's out for a season. So he's hidden. So it, it would have been I him. mean, he hasn't played the best the last two years. So yeah. And it's just, yeah, Von exactly. To hand the torch to Locke. So I just still think I just still think it's probably yeah either Von Miller or Drew Locke, because this question isn't about who's the best athlete or the most important one or this or that. This is a Broncos town, and as long as that's the case, it'll be a Broncos player. Yeah, I think we need to quantify because unfortunately Adam is correct. If you're talking about the entire city, it's going to be a Broncos player every single time. If you're talking about sports fans, I think that's where you get into the conversation, like true. Denver sports fans, then think, you can make the case for someone else. I think you also have to think of the national perspective here, though, yeah. too. And it's not, you know, from a national perspective, the Broncos are pretty irrelevant right now. Now, they're always going to be the Broncos, and when they do good things, they'll instantly get credit for it, unlike a lot of other teams in this town. But, you know, national sports fans aren't thinking about the Broncos right now. I can promise you that. I think here, here's my honest take about the Broncos. They had a 20-year run with John Elway that was fantastic. And anytime you have a two-decade run with a charismatic, very good, successful star, you're going to develop a foothold. That's two. That's a 20 years to develop generations of fans that never are going to leave. The Nuggets have never had the Avs have. And as a result, there's a pretty good Avs community in, in Colorado. There's a lot of hockey fans because they had sustained success. Rockies up and down, Nuggets down and now up recently. But if the Nuggets can have Jokic for 20 years, I just think the Nuggets in 20 years will look very different because you'll have entire generations that only know success. This is one of the things that I think is interesting about the state of uh, Broncos country right now is they've never really known a desolate landscape. And it's been rough for the last several years. And I think everybody looks at the young promise of all of the young players on the Broncos roster and thinks, okay, maybe not this year, but we're building towards something. We as Nuggets fans know, and I'm a Broncos fan too, but as a Nuggets fan, I know there's been a lot of false starts for the, for the Denver Nuggets. There's been a lot of, hey, man, 
1994, people forget this. That was an incredible year, and it was like, sweet, the Nuggets are back. We had a four years of down after the Alex English years. Now we're back into a new Dikembe Lafonso year, and it lasted one year. And then it was another decade of, of nothingness. So sometimes you just don't know, but I think it's that long stretches that really build and destroy fan bases and the Broncos are sort of like at an inflection point. It's been how many years has it been? Three, four seasons four. now? Or four seasons. Which is funny where, that the season before that they just won the Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl with a big high. <laughs> but, and that buys you some graces. But I am curious if this lingers for another three, four years, how does that change the perception of Denver and the, 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 the what, what sports are most important to the city? So – I believe that Drew Locke has like a, you know, he's, he is gaining ground every second that he exists um, towards eventually becoming the face of Denver sports. Uh, but I don't think he's there yet. Uh, and I do think Von Miller's time has passed. And so right now I think there's a void. Uh, yeah. And because of that void and because of the current success that is happening at this exact moment with Nikola Jokic, I think Nikola Jokic is that guy. I think if you ask, if you just say, if you do a, you know, a, a, I think it's called a Rosarch test or something along those lines, and you yeah. just said, it just said Denver sports, and you showed it to someone in Boston right now, they would say Nikola Jokic, mm. uh, and to me, that's how I interpret this, uh, you know, face of Denver sports. Who, who is everyone else thinking about when they think about Denver sports? I, I don't think it's Drew Locke. and I think that if Denver sports was a business. They would really want it to be Jamal Murray <laughs> because yeah. Jamal Murray is so marketable and his highlights are so sexy. Uh, but it, Nikola Jokic has this very, <laughs> u- this very unique thing about him uh, that makes him so recognizable nationwide. And everyone, I think, not everyone, but a lot of people think Denver sports. Oh yeah, Jokic, you know, the big goofy guy the who goofy guy. <laughs> just sauced on the Clippers. I want, can I follow up on one point here about that? Because I think it's a great one. The NBA is a cool league, and it annoys me, right, about how cool they want to be. And, how, and there are certain cities that are in the club of being cool. There's Los Angeles. You know, there's a lot of the coast. There's a lot of players who are in the club. They're the cool ones. And then there's ones that are not. I think Denver had some cool players and Iverson and, Car- and Carmelo, and they had a cool moment there. And, you know, it, it was a great one. I think part of what's so attractive for Denver is that Jokic is so unaggressively not cool and so unaggressively doesn't care about that. And I think just think it fits <laughs> sort of Denver's ethos a little bit of like, oh, you know, we play this this note a lot here at DNVR, but there's a whole lot of, oh, you don't think we're worth watching because we're not interesting, we're not actually good, all these things. And Jokic just kind of turns that into, uh, you know, on its head. And it's just like, sure, no, I'm not cool. Yeah, no, I don't do all those things you guys think. Guess what? I'm going to beat Kawhi Leonard, who you thought was cool, who you thought was in Los Angeles. And it's just flipping that stuff on the head, and I just think it feels to me like the most Denver of runs. John Elway always felt like a Denver quarterback to me. Nikola Jokic feels like a Denver basketball player to me. And it has that Denver energy, which is like everyone here knows how dope it is. Yeah. But everyone else doesn't think it's exactly. that cool. Exactly. And, and that makes it ours. And so that's why, to me, it's Nikola Jokic right now. And, and th- th- you know, this stuff can change at any moment. Uh, you know, Drew Locke could go on Sunday Night Football later this season and outduel Patrick Mahomes, and it might flip the whole thing on its head right then and there. But right now, I think it's Nikola Jokic. I agree with that. I I, especially coming from the East Coast, and we just released a shirt that says no coast, no bias. But coming from the East Coast – yeah, close. sure. When we, you, we were very close. Uh, <laughs> what? No coast bias. 
no coast bias. Oh, well, <laughs> I kind of got it. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, coming from the East Coast, yes, Denver, Colorado, you think of the Broncos. But right now, just with the past four years, and, and Drew Locke, sure, he gets that recognition and everything because he's a quarterback. But I think when you think of the Denver Broncos, you could also make the argument for Philip Lindsay being that hometown guy, um, growing up, going to South high school, going to CU, then being in Denver as like maybe one of those Broncos, like known stars everywhere. Um, that dream the died the second they picked up Melvin Gordon, I think. <laughs> well, anyways, I think the Broncos. I know. I think the Broncos aren't right now the face of Denver. And I think it is the Nuggets or it's the Avs. And I think both have their own arguments. I think Jokic, of course, is that guy. I mean, we talked to Matt McChesney yesterday, and I don't know why, but I wouldn't have thought of him just coming in here and being like, man, I love Jokic. Like, that guy is my spirit animal. And I heard yeah. Matt McChesney say that. I was like, what? <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, he's everyone's spirit animal. But I think that was pretty cool to hear and see. And so I think the nuggets have such a great argument, but I do think there is validation in a lot of these abs fans saying that Nathan McKinnon, especially if he wins some awards this off season, he's already won the lady being, I mean, yeah. it hockey is not the cool sport that basketball is unfortunately, but if you don't live as a hostage of the moment and the nuggets being in the conference finals, Nathan McKinnon just put up one of the greatest playoff performances of all time in hockey history this season. He has had three seasons in a row that would rank in the top 10 avalanche seasons ever. Uh, he is the best athlete in Denver. Jokic, I think, comes close. Arenado's not that far off, but I think a little bit doesn't quite make the cut with those two. But McKinnon just rises above. He runs into kind of the same problem, though, but every hockey player runs into this problem where they're just not that interesting off the ice. But if we're talking about raw sports playing ability, Nathan McKinnon is the face of the city. I think that it's not at all Nathan McKinnon's fault that Nathan McKinnon is not the face of Denver sports. No, it's uh, hockey's fault, yeah, for sure. It's, <laughs> hockey's fault. it's hockey's fault. And and there's a lot of different reasons about their hockey, much like baseball doesn't do a great job of marketing their stars. Uh, and then hockey not quite like baseball in its own way is very exclusive. Um, and it's a, you know, don't talk about us if you're not one of us thing uh, that hurts the branding of players and, and the game itself. I worry basketball's moving in that direction too. And it's like one of my goals is I don't want it that basketball's so cool and you can like it for so many different reasons. Like people can like Jokic for completely different reasons and like the same player and not like the other things that the other person likes about him. And I I, I really want it to be more inclusive because I feel like all these sports are almost becoming little bubbles, little pockets for people to either be in or out of. The I mean, and I think you see with Jokic just so many awesome clips. I think Someone posted on Twitter today, some big account, a, a video of Jokic and LeBron joking around. And you see those clips. People know just Jokic. I think it's kind of hard for the average fan to really know Nathan McKinnon because he just hockey isn't that way. Like we know he likes to play video games and that's something he really loves to do. And we know he loves hockey. But I think for someone who isn't a diehard Avs fan, it could be hard to really know Nathan McKinnon like you would know Jokic. I think a couple of years ago you could have made that case. 
but Nathan McKinnon is on the precipice and in some cases I think already past the point of being a household name nationwide. When you're throwing his name around with someone like Wayne Gretzky, you don't have to be a hockey fan to know who Wayne Gretzky is. And and that's the echelon that Nathan McKinnon is moving towards here. If you ask all of his peers in the league, they will all say he's a top three player. Many of them will say he's the best player in the NHL. So the people in the know, know. Yeah. And He's going to probably finish second in the MVP voting again this year, unfortunately, but that's going to be two times in the last three years. And he has the explosive ability that puts players on highlight reels. Jokic has the same ability, but I don't yet hear Jokic talked about as the best player in the league. Can let me, can I put one pin in this? This is the thing that's so fun and so great about the moment we are in. I don't think it's going to happen. But Jokic just outperformed Kawhi Leonard in the conference semifinals. Kawhi Leonard was, in some people's eyes, the best player in the NBA. And not just throughout the series, but especially when push came to shove, he stepped up extra. Kawhi Leonard wilted a little, and that's meaningful. Now, LeBron James is the actual guy that's on the throne right now. Like he, He's the actual king. He's the best player. Anthony Davis, top five. They have two top five players. If somehow the Denver Nuggets are able to come out of this series and beat the odds, so I, Jokic I have... might end up being considered the best player in the NBA. I, get, I don't think it's going to happen, but it's a rare instance well, where there's an actual – it's on the table. This could happen. There's at least that that you can see the lower third on first take on ESPN that says, is Nikola Jokic the best yes, player in the 100, NBA? 100%. And the arguments would be like, well, he beat them in the one thing that matters. Yes. Where Adam, I'm, I'm curious, where do you rank Giannis in the, in the top players of the league? So here's – this is an interesting discussion because here's what I actually – think i hate player rankings none of this ever makes sense to me it's like ranking not even ranking food it's like ranking ingredients i always say if it's like pepperoni and bacon one is better on a pizza another one's better in an omelet like you know it depends on what kind of things you put around it so i think Giannis is a hell of a player he was the mvp almost the overwhelming mvp this year he also got schemed out of a playoffs like he they decided he couldn't do a thing and they made him do that and then he couldn't do it and they lost in embarrassing fashion. So I don't like to say Jokic is better than him because Jokic almost got schemed out of the first round, right? To put in the pick and roll and he couldn't stop him. So very narrowly almost happened to Jokic. I just think all of these guys are great and it's how do you build around them? And this is this is why this is important. We've spent all this time talking about because the question is the face. The storyline to me isn't just Jokic being awesome. It's also the rise of Jamal Murray and this idea that this team, the Nuggets as a team, beat a group of mercenary individuals in in the Los Angeles Clippers. And so here we are making the same mistake and awarding all the points to Jokic for this success when really he was at the engine of a broader sort of ecosystem that has really come together and thrived. And so that that's why I, I love Jokic. He's the guy I would take. Giannis didn't get it done, and his team collectively didn't get it done, but the ranking part is superfluous to me. Don't forget well, that the Lakers are also a bunch of mercenaries. <laughs> it's true. I mean, it is true. We'll see if they can break the way that the Clippers did. I, I think that's the point I'm trying to make here in why maybe people outside of hockey aren't quite giving McKinnon that respect yet. In the Avs didn't make the conference finals this year against a team that arguably many people believe they should have beaten and at no fault of McKinnon's who he went absolutely off in that series by himself for the first half of it against Dallas. And 
because the team couldn't get over the finish line for myriad of reasons. Doesn't matter why. I do wonder if that hurts McKinnon as being the face of Denver. So I wanted to hit some of the comments because we've got a lot of people chiming in on here. Um, the first, sorry, there's, I don't know if you guys could hear it, but no. um, the bar noise in the background, you can't. No, I could. Okay. I was like, oh, wow, these mics. Um, someone said multiple times, it's Colin Wilson. Colin yeah, Wilson okay, is Eddie. the face of Denver okay, Sports. <laughs> and I just think that's amazing. Literally, before we even started the show, he was in here commenting um, that it was Colin Wilson. But then we've got um, people saying Vaughn Miller, Vaughn about to hand the torch to Locke. Um, someone else said it will be Locke in a few years, but not right now. That same person said, from a Texas viewpoint, when I speak to others about Denver sports, it's Nikola Jokic, Von Miller, Andrew Locke. And then we have a bunch of people saying, what about Nolan Arenado? And Drew hasn't spoken yet, so I do want Drew to give his opinion on this because we have around six people in the comments right now saying mm. that it's Drew or Wait. that it's Nolan Arenado. Quickly, I don't want you to skip over this comment because it's my favorite one. Uh, from Serbia. Jokic is a cool guy from the flat part of Serbia, and there are people so cool and relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> Only half understand it, but I love yeah. it. <laughs> I think fully then, understand. That fits the Colorado <laughs> vibe. I mean, if they were to yeah. describe yeah. the Colorado vibe, not flat, but I'm just saying relax. That's like the number one trait relax. of people from Colorado is that they're chill. Yes, exactly. So I just I had yeah. to point that out because I loved that comment. And then uh, one person did say, you, uh, Utes Av fans said Kale McCarr and Rudo, I'll have you, you can talk about that later. But Drew, I do want you to talk about Nolan Arenado because a lot of people feel like we're forgetting about him. So, yeah, right now is the absolute worst time to be <laughs> talking about Nolan Arenado. Here's what I'll say about that um, I think by the time his career is over, of every player that we've discussed today, Nolan Arenado will have had the best career. Uh, I don't know that all of it will. I think McKinnon is the other guy in in the running there. But I would like just a clip of Rudo's face when you said that. So to to steal Rudo's argumentative point from earlier and take it a step further, because we were talking about who's the best in the game right now, who's the best in the game right now. There is a general consensus among, again, to steal one of Rudo's phrases from earlier, those in the know that Nolan Arenado is – at worst, the second best third baseman of all time. And the consensus is probably that he is the best third baseman who's ever lived in the 150-year history of a sport. And it's very difficult to measure things against that. Now, right now, he's having by far the worst season of his career. Uh, he's a bottom third hitter in MLB in every single category. He's not helping the Rockies win on offense at all. He's going to win his eighth consecutive gold glove and running away and all of that. But then there's also all of the off the field stuff and him calling out the front office and the opt out that lingers there. And the fact that this terrible season comes after all of that and that the Rockies have not now been competitive for two years in a row, probably, unless they make some sort of miracle run at the end here. And so it should be Nolan Arenado. The answer to this question should be Nolan Arenado because the Rockies should be a better baseball team than they are. He should be having another career year. He should have multiple MVPs. And a lot of that's all just biased by the, the voting block there already. 
but he's one of the best to ever play the game. This is comes back to the like perceptive, like what face is being seen, the one being looked at or the one outward. Because the, the Mike Trout's the face of was the face of baseball. Nobody knows what he looks like. And well, like, right. And, and, right, right. and then the other part of this is that baseball, hockey and, and basketball, a player can really affect the team. In fact, it's so important that you have right. to have we, that's how we talk about it. In baseball, you can have the best ever third baseman. And it's like, yeah, but you're terrible. Even or the you're, best 50 all time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's eight that's other cool. positions on the field. Like right. Right, right. Um, so I, th- I think it's a little bit of that. Here's a question, though. Another one that's got me thinking. If the Broncos, if there was no pandemic, I know this is a hard world to imagine, and we have jets flying over and people parachuting into a stadium and people tailgating. Because the NFL, part of it is you really feel how important the Broncos are to the city of Denver on Sundays when there's the entire city is built around the Denver Broncos schedule. And I wonder if not having that empty arenas, just nobody going anywhere to do anything. I wonder if that levels the playing field a little bit. And we're now more keyed into success rather than the cultural relevance of, of these players. It's just something to think about. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's an interesting point. Um, But again, to me, it comes back to the fact that the Broncos aren't successful right now. Uh, And as soon as they become successful, it'll probably be very easy for Drew Locke or maybe someone else. Uh, to become the face of Denver sports. But right now, they, they aren't there. And, and in fact, I think there's a lot of like anti-Bronco sentiment around the city because they're, you know, they've been, they, they're, they've been the least successful of these teams in the last five years or four years since the Super Bowl, which is always funny to say. Yeah. Um, but w- one thing I just want to say on Nolan Arenado, it, he's fantastic. You can't, you can't take anything away from him when it comes to his ability. I'll just say in the same way that Jokic feels like one of us, like he's part of the resistance, yeah. it doesn't always feel like Nolan Arenado is that way. And, so, right. and, and it's not exactly his fault because I think a lot of it is organizational and we could get into Jeff Bradich and all that. But it does feel like Jokic is like, is like trying to put Denver on the map in a way cool. that Nolan Arenado doesn't quite feel that way. All kind of right. the way you guys talked about how hockey is at fault for Nathan McKinnon not being that big. I think baseball is at fault a little bit for Nolan as well, because you look at the tight knit parts of the baseball community, the sabermetrics guys, stuff like that. Nolan has all these amazing underlying numbers, but for a, a very casual baseball fan, He's not putting up like insane gaudy we'll home see. run numbers. But there's where I'll disagree with the general point that you're making, though. And our commenter here, John, with a with a whole bunch of numbers. I think if you did this vote amongst non-Colorado sports fans and all these names in it, I think Nolan Arenado would probably win because he's been doing incredible things for a very long time, been going through other people's cities. So, like, if you go into a sports bar, especially if you're now, if we're just talking baseball fans to separate those two points, if you go into a bar anywhere and you're talking to somebody, uh, they know who Nolan Arenado is. They know they can point to specific plays that he has made against their team, specific big home runs that he's hit against their team. So, like, I, I think he's probably the most appreciated uh, of these guys by other people's fans. Interesting. I don't think I agree with that. I I don't think so either. Who is I want to say McKinnon, but hockey struggles with having those big moments. McKinnon does have a few overtime goals and things like that, but 
I think basketball does the best job of creating those moments late in games where you can create a player making a singular play that stands above everything else. But so, there's sort of a general disrespect amongst NBA fans over Jokic, and they've and you know Murray hasn't really been considered a top ten star level player amongst this, NBA fans. This right? is their right? moment, though. I think a lot. We they we may do it now. Yeah, Jokic may earn that now, but I'm saying if you pulled fans today, national fans, do you really think Jokic has the that the NBA it, fans are going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think McKinnon too. Two years ago, I think it yeah. absolutely would have been an Arenado. Look, look, this was big for the Nuggets to get to this stage, and I mean, it's just this is where people make a name for themselves. It's it's always on this uh, at this level. So last year they made it within one game of Portland. They didn't win, and then everybody just forgot about them. It wasn't that like, oh man, they were so close. It's just like, nope, they didn't get there. Doesn't matter. Not in the club. This year they got over the hump, and now we get to see them on this stage. If they get swept, it gets diminished a little bit. But if you're on this stage and everyone's paying attention to you and you can have performances like you did in the previous round, everybody takes notice, and then you're elevated to that stat, that that next tier of, um, in, in everybody's mind. I want to go to this comment um, by Rick saying, I'm sure I'm not making a new point, but it's Von Miller. He tr transcends sports hosting the Kentucky Derby and stuff. He his time has passed though from what we're talking about, and we have someone else um, in the comments, I believe, from Serbia saying you should all be happy um, for all of these players and enjoy the moment tonight. It's the Nuggets, and and it's amazing that we get to talk in pretty much every single sport about a guy that could be the next face of Denver sports or could be the face yeah. of Denver sports. It is incredible. We are enjoying the moment, but this is a topic in the Denver sports world this week. And so we want to try and pool everyone's thoughts and, and have a conversation about it. And then John, with a bunch of numbers, uh, said thank you to Drew for saying that. He just spit on his keyboard because he that. said John with a bunch of numbers. I love the next comment, too, because Minnesota is the place where the Colorado Rockies have traveled the least. And we've got a commenter here from Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. Arenado. Their most known player from Colorado, and he's literally been there maybe once. So <laughs> I, uh, I have been frantically texting as many people on my phone that I know are sports fans and don't live in Denver. Uh, and I just said, "Hey, who is the face of uh, current face of?" I actually just said, "Who is the face of Denver sports to you?" I've got uh, three responses. Each and every one of them, before I specified, said John Elway. <laughs> I almost said that, by the way. We had some people saying, I think it's yeah. still John LA. I think it's still Peyton Manning. Uh, I, so, if you so win a championship, we do in love football, our you just stuff. automatically to the yeah. top. I yeah. think like, yeah. it's not fair. But it and is, that's why it's... the original headline, headline was now. Yeah. But we thought we'd make it a little more broad and, and just have this discussion. But I. Real quick, line. after I clarified, I've gotten responses from two of the three, and both of them have said Jokic. I think this is a really interesting topic, and I think it is something that we can go back to um, in a year and see see what happens with this Nuggets series, sees, see how Nolan Arenado does, because I do think... See if he's even still a member of the Colorado Rockies. Exactly. I think a lot of this, not hate, but not choosing Nolan, does come from right now. Yeah. And his impact with the Rockies and not really helping them and the Rockies struggling. So I think a lot of the takes 
against Nolan is just this season. So maybe next season, same with uh, Nathan McKinnon, if the Avs get over that hump and, and make it to the Western Conference Finals, this whole talk, or even the Broncos, this whole talk could be very different. That's pretty exciting to just Here's a question. have so many young stars. Do we think mostly out of Jokic, McKinnon, and Arenado, and you can throw Drew Locke in if, if you want to project a little bit more, do any of these guys end their career with a league MVP in their pocket? I think Jokic has a great chance at it. A really, really, really good chance at it. I think McKinnon does, definitely. Yeah, McKinnon does. Arenado definitely has a chance. Uh, Jokic has a chance. Uh, I don't know about Drew Locke. It's too early for that. But all three of those guys are, are MVP caliber players year in and year out most of the time. We have someone else bringing in another side mm. of this argument saying that uh, basketball is, out of the four sports is by far the most popular in the world. So if you threw this out to the entire world, who would be the star from Denver? Um, oh. Well, I mean, football another, doesn't reach outside of the U.S. very well. It, so it's, it's like a weird. It's just hockey and basketball. By, by the way, so all, all we have a lot of fans in Europe that are different places. If you're ever in Denver and get to experience a Broncos game, I highly recommend that because, and this is what I was talking about. There's 70 or 17,000 people, 18,000 people that can go to a Nuggets game. They have like the little fire that shoots out. You know, they got the DJ. It's pretty cool. A packed arena. Go to a Broncos game and they literally fly military jets over, parachute people in, <laughs> shoot fireworks out the side. It's just and it's eighty thousand or what? What is the number, RK? There eighty something like eighty thousand people. Seventy five. Yeah. Seventy five. It's so overwhelming the the level of production that goes into an NFL game that you're just like this is this is the strength of America. The NFL. It's like the flex of it. It when I was in Italy this last month and you go to. Um, the two, the Colosseum and then Cherko Maxima, you see that, oh, this was the power of of Rome, right? It was like the, the epicenter of it. The NFL stadium is the epicenter of American culture. And when you're at a football game, you really feel it. And yeah. I mean, the Broncos specifically with their the way the stadium is built, where when they stomp, it literally shakes the entire thing. Athletes who've gone and played there, like there is really nothing like playing in Denver. One, because of the altitude. And then two, being in that stadium with everyone screaming and the noise it's and shaking. I, yeah, it's it's a really amazing experience going yeah. to an NFL game. It's, you guys are making me sad just thinking about I it, know. but it's true. You know, the football has the luxury of having the least amount of games, and so they can put more pageantry and, and into each and every game, but it is something that makes football it, a little extra special. The noise level, like when Kale McCarr scored his first goal, oh. that noise level is like a Thursday night football game <laughs> at mile high. Like. Yeah, but at the Pepsi Center, at an arena, it's, it's, it's a lot more intimate in. at Pepsi Center. Yeah. Like but. that, I remember that moment and literally the goosebumps that I had. I was just like, yeah. whoa. If I had to guess what the loudest moment in ever in Denver sports would be, I would probably guess uh, Tebow to Demarius in that playoff <laughs> game. Like a sold out stand, a sold out crowd with a walk off touchdown in the playoffs at mile high is probably the loudest moment in Denver sports history. You said pageantry. And it's, I always love when people use that because pageantry so undersells what it's like to have a sonic boom overhead from giant military <laughs> jets flying directly above. It's just it's pageantry is it just, it's such a gross uh, understatement. What, what's a better word? 
There is no word. That's what I'm trying to say. It's, like, it's so obscene that you can't even, you just have to experience it to be like, wow, the entire city and also like in some ways, like, I don't know, the military came together to create this and to give us like 10 seconds of goosebumps to be like, holy hell. Uh, yeah, we need to find a better word. Well, before I'm, uh, we got to keep talking about the Broncos. Um, but before that, Green Mountain Dental Group is in Lakewood, and then they're the best family-owned dentist in the metro area, and they're extreme Colorado sports fans just like us. So schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, and you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. Tweet at us when you go there. Sonicare toothbrushes, electric toothbrushes have – I love them so much. Harrison does a fantastic job about talking. The Peloton Prince does a fantastic job mm. talking about um, electric toothbrushes, but you really feel the difference when you switch over from a regular toothbrush and an electric toothbrush. Um, it's crazy, but they really, Green Mountain Dental Group really treats you like family. They show you love. They send you birthday cards. Our sales director, Lindsay, went and got her wisdom teeth removed there and just loved the experience. As much as you could love getting your wisdom teeth removed, she had a great time just chatting with them about Denver sports and all of that. They're only 15 minutes away from downtown Denver. The first step to good health is taking care of your mouth. So definitely go check out Green Mountain Dental Group today. All right. Broncos lost week one against the Tennessee Titans. There was a lot of negative NFL fans. I mean, a lot of negative Broncos fans um, after that Monday night game. The bar was at least a fun atmosphere. But Ryan, Besides Vic Fangio not taking his timeouts, what went wrong in that game? Uh, Vic Fangio didn't use his timeouts. <laughs> no, a, a lot went wrong for the Broncos in that game. To me, the, the actual turning point of the game uh, was Melvin Gordon's fumble. I thought the Broncos were on their way to taking control of that game. They had momentum on their side. Uh, Pat Shermer was kind of in his bag calling plays. And that play was also like a positive play. It was going to set in to fumble it and give them an easy score to tie the game back up, which got their offense in a rhythm to me was huge uh, in terms of turning the, the momentum of that game. So that to me is where the tide turned. Uh, but there's a bunch of different spots. Unfortunately, Jerry Judy, who is just going to be incredible in this league. Um, he might be the face of Denver sports at some point. Um, he's that good in my opinion, but Unfortunately, he had two drops uh, that really, really hurt the team. The second one, of course, uh, potentially being the, 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 the second turning point where the Broncos you know, lost the game. Um, that really was unfortunate. And then it was just you know, the fourth down where they don't score on the goal line. Uh, and it all just fell together for the Titans game plan, which was just bruise you. Just go Derrick Henry. We don't care if he only gets 3.1 yards of carry. We're just going to wear you down. We're going to possess the ball. We're going to convert in the red zone. But, you know, there's a bunch of different things you can point to. The other thing is the Broncos didn't score fourth and one for the goal line, and the Titans did score fourth and one from the goal line. And in the two-point game, that's what that's what counts. <laughs> that I, I can't – I don't remember his name, but that poor kicker of the Tennessee Titans <laughs> missed – Three of four. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Three and of four a PAT. and a PAT. 
wow. Adam, I went over, we were watching the game here, and I literally said, like, I feel so bad for him. And Adam was like, that was such a mom moment <laughs> for you to, like, come over him here and be like, that poor man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, mentally missing that many. And in the way that Vic Fangio made it seem like he was relying on him missing another one. That's a big issue. But I just felt so bad for him. And the fact that the Broncos lost with a kicker missing that amount of points. Well, this is a peer into my psyche because when he missed all those field goals and the game was tight, I go, I know how this game ends. It's going to yeah. end with him making a field goal. That's, just, that, yeah. that's actually what sounds right. So That's the Denver sports feel right there. Yeah. You knew it was coming. <laughs> I will say, though, it, it was very a lot of mom en energy there, Allie. But um, <laughs> when I was watching game seven against the Clippers, Paul George, who is known as a, a choker under pressure, gets a wide open three in the corner and he hits the side of the backboard. And I, too, for that moment, felt like, oh, man, that even this is hard for me, who's rooting for him to do that very thing. Even I was like, wow, it's tough watching somebody choke. Yeah, Ryan disagrees with you. Ryan's like, yeah, what? I'm a big fan of uh, Shaden Freud. Is that how it's pronounced? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm the type of person who, like our our friend D Line, uh, after a big win, will go listen to the other team's podcast <laughs> to hear their pain and suffering. Right. <laughs> uh, it's just it's, it's, so weird. it's cathartic. It's like, yeah, <laughs> you, I've been there. Now you have to be there. Um, Oh, Everyone's so face is here. I, I'm going to show Eric this <laughs> after we get off. Everyone except Adam's dying laughing. Ryan's just talking about it. And Drew and Ruta are like, oh, uh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, to be honest, um, Gostowski, so there's something about kickers that I actually do feel bad for. Um, I always feel bad for kickers, man. It's so kickers bad. Are, <laughs> like, there's, some, there's something to be said where, like, they can, like, um, Bill Walsh used to say at the end of his career when he knew his coaching career was over, it was that uh, wins were worth zero and losses were worth negative one. So yeah, he, yeah. he couldn't go anywhere but down. And that's kind of how I feel about with kickers' reputation with the team. Makes right. are worth zero and misses are worth minus one. Like they have no – they can't win with these guys. Mm -hmm. Can I ask this philosophical question about that? Because I really think that's a bad philosophy on sports. <laughs> I, I think wins have to be worth 100 and losses have to be worth minus 100. And anything else, and I just don't understand the point. The people that only stay level from your team winning, that's – what are we doing here, guys? You I mean, ride it like a like a roller coaster, and that's yeah. and that's what it goes back to the you know the original conversation about loving you know the pain for yeah. the eventual um, the eventual payoff because even in the Peyton Manning years, it got a little bit like that, and it made being a Broncos fan less fun. You know, it was like they better go out there and win by three touchdowns this week, and it's like, right. oh god, this is exhausting. You know? <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. All right. You can't, you literally, th this is part of my frustration oftentimes with people who get so, and in a 60 game season covering baseball, it's so tough, man, because it's like, you can't, that's why you, you play 162 and the best teams in the world are going to lose 60 times a great season. You're going to lose 60 games and you might attend 30 of them. Right. And, and 20 of those 60 losses, you're going to be like, how in the world did we lose that game that yeah. we were we were up seven to four in the ninth inning right, gave right. sounds like the runs. rockies what? but yeah. the, and the thing is like it happens more to the rockies than it does to other teams i'm not trying to pretend like it doesn't but that happens to literally everyone in baseball if you pulled baseball fan bases and said are you happy with your bullpen 
90% of them would say, absolutely not. These guys are terrible. Like, it's just it's very difficult so yeah I, i'm totally with you it's like you've, you've got to be there to to celebrate those times because it's it's such a hard cultural thing for sports i think because like we said the majority of the time in sports you're expecting everything to end in pain so for some people even when things are going right they don't know any other way to look at the team but oh this is the part that was bad oh, right and right. sometimes you gotta just lighten up and say you know what sometimes they're okay at the sport that they play <laughs> you got you gotta be like rk and believe nuggets in six <laughs> well and it's and it's kind of um it's actually why i like i think i feel the way i feel about the nuggets right now like i feel like i'm i've reached nuggets nirvana this season because i have come to accept that not every season is championship or bust if you go into every season of every team thinking championship or bust your experience as a sports fan will be awful. Miserable. I'm looking for yeah. progress, for growth, for all of these things. And the Nuggets just showed it to me. They they went and they beat a superpower, and they took down you know two of the best players in the league. And it just it, it's like I'm just floating right now because I'm like, cool. Anything that happens from here is extra special, especially when they go beat the, the Lakers in six. Oh, someone in the comments say nah, Nugs in five. Oh, I like five, it. Huh? Uh, we got it. another person too. I They're got hot, Nuggets baby. in five. All They're right. Hot. Let's go. Okay. Well, Love I it. do want to talk real quick, Ryan. Bronco Steelers. Who you taking? That's all. That's all we can. That's all <laughs> we got. About. I hate to finish the pod on this note. Um, <laughs> well, but... maybe we should. I think we all know that. Maybe we should. <laughs> <write it. laughs> Sounded like you just answered the question to me. I'll say this Broncos plus seven and a half. Light it up. Okay, so we we ended it kind of on a positive. Uh, Drew, Rockies are playing the Dodgers at six ten. No, we're done. We don't. I mean, no, they are. Right? They they technically they'll, no, they'll but be you're there. just like no. They'll, let's. They'll be out there on the field. Define play. You know what? The Colorado Rockies are two games out of a playoff spot with like twelve or something to play here. You know, I've you're... seen weirder things in the game of baseball. They're not gonna. They're not gonna make it. But uh, you know, it's gonna be a very interesting offseason. They're gonna have some options. So it, there, there's a lot in front of this team. The, this window is not over, but uh, this was very, very frustrating. And uh, you know, they if they get hot and they go out and they win a couple of games, get excited and, and have fun because anything can happen once you make the playoffs in a three-game set. The Rockies just beat the Dodgers in LA a week ago. That you can't ever say anyone's out like we've just been talking about right that's the theme of the podcast if, it, if they get hot they start winning games enjoy it and i've said this actually a couple times on the rockies podcast he was like drew do we really want the rockies to sneak into the playoffs and get like that eight seed just so they can get stomped by the dodgers yes yes i want more baseball games we because we only October. got 60 of them this year <laughs> and the other thing is their off is going to be whatever it's going to be no matter what the exact same questions lie in front of them whether they don't win another game this year and totally fall out of it or whether they go on and win the world series, everything that's going to unfold this off season is going to unfold roughly the same with the possible exception of Nolan Arenado. Other than that. And I still don't think he's going anywhere. Um, so hang in there, have some fun. And remember we had a 10 month off season. We're, we usually get 162 of these things. We only get 60 of them. It's almost over. Um, they do finish out the season with a couple of uh, easier opponents, uh, although 
Giants have been better. Who knows? I don't know. They've been playing terrible baseball, everybody. I'm sorry. <laughs> it would be perfect a perfect way to for this podcast. In the same way that Steven Gostowski was going to win that game, maybe it's destiny for Nolan Arenado to get hot and take the Rockies to the World Series and become the face of Denver Sports. There you go. Uh, AJ says, Drew, you need a hug. And then your your poor mother said you were making yeah. me wonder why anyone is a sports fan. And Drew, I think all, your mom needs a hug. You know, <laughs> we're all dumb kids once who didn't know any better, okay? All right, all right. No, man, no. Of course, enjoy the games. Watch the sports. Uh, good, you know, he's still one of the greatest of all time. They're still out there doing some special things night in and night out, even when they're losing. But nah, man. I've always, I've always said of being a sports fan as a large truck drives by, uh, you, you have to be a little crazy to be a sports fan oh, because yeah. every season is like playing the hardest video game of all time. And you pretty much always lose the video game. But what right. really, really makes us crazy is that when you finally beat the game, Oh yeah. You don't like move on to a new game. You're just like, cool, reboot it. Let's play Start it again. It over. Yeah. Let's yeah. do it again. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's do this whole thing all over again. Well, I think that's a perfect way to end this show. Thanks for everyone who's um, been listening podcast and over on the live stream. Don't forget to like this on YouTube. If you're watching it on YouTube and if you have any questions for us or any other, Oh, I almost choked. Any other topics you want to talk about like this one, who is the face of Denver sports? Let me know. Tweet at me. Comment on the podcast because these are our favorite conversations being able to break down with each beat and just kind of talk about Denver sports as a whole. We will see you guys next week. Hopefully some people are coming to the DMVR bar in a few hours. We'll talk to you later. Peace. Bye. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.